Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his usually Monday guest on a Thursday because it is that important to talk to you about what is going on today. Mr. Greg Dickerson, how are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. And again, thoughts and prayers with the Ukrainian people, with the Russians that did not want any part of this. Yeah. Um, we're, we're with you and we're thinking about you. Absolutely. Well, well said. Hey, what I wanted to talk about today is kind of two things in this uh, final interview. One is opportunity in the chaos. All right. There, there are um, opportunities sometimes in the chaos where, uh, you know, people sell first and then, you know, others are out there looking to go shopping. Uh, there's a lot of stuff down early in the morning, early in the morning. It's already coming back a little bit. People are clearly selling off crypto uh, in a big way. Uh, as you were looking at this morning, did you get your shopping list ready? Or are you waiting a few days to see where this thing goes? Or uh, what are you thinking about opportunity in this chaos? Yeah, so I'm waiting for the dust to settle a little bit, you know, to see where things go, whether there's going to be escalation, how quickly this, this crisis is resolved uh, before I make any big moves. But, you know, I took my chips off the table before all this happened. Um, so, you know, I've been in cash for a while, just kind of getting in and out, nothing long term, just, you know, I've been playing with some stuff really on day trading type, mm -hmm. type things, you know, 10% here, 20% there, stuff like that. Right. Um, but nothing longer term and just being very careful and, and, you know, really managing risk, which again, when I say risk, a lot of people don't understand what that means. You know, risk is preservation of capital, right? Mm -hmm. Rule number one, do not lose money. You work hard for what you've earned. You know, any fool can make a million, takes a genius to keep it. So you have to manage risk, That's which true. means the downside, understanding where the downside is, what that can cost you and how long it can take you to get back versus what a lot of new investors, retail investors, all they look at is the upside because that's all they've known. Yeah. You know, in the last 10 years, it's been nothing but upside. So people that weren't around prior to that don't understand what the downside can look like. And I saw the dot-com bubble, you saw it. I saw, you know, the great financial crisis. You went through that. March of 2020 was nothing. That was a hiccup. Yeah, yeah, it was, that was, talk about the ultimate V-shaped recovery, right? The, yeah, you shut down the economy, the Fed bails everybody out. You're off to the races. It, it kind of showed by the dip worked, and that's not always that's not always the right answer. So, pretty crazy. The other thing, again, I'm thinking about. I don't know if you see this a lot, but a lot of people are out there doing syndications right now, and there's there's still deals going on. My, am I, I am I crazy in thinking that there was a lot of commitments? Like, hey, I, I've committed a hundred grand to this deal and it hasn't closed yet, but I, I suspect. Uh, that there's a lot of people pulling commitments today because again it's preservation capital when people get scared they they kind of retreat uh, so it wouldn't shock me if there's a lot of syndications that had commitments that saw loss of commitments today you think that's true or no you know it's probably going to be a mix i would say your less sophisticated investors that have a lot less to invest are probably going to do something like that um, that have limited amounts of money they can invest uh, the one, you know, your people that are more liquid, you know, more sophisticated, they're looking for good places to park capital. So they're not worried about it. Rates are still low. Returns are good. Generally, if you have a good operator with a good track record, you can you can get double digit returns in a lot of those investments. So mm. I think that's not going to affect the average investor moving forward, because most people understand that right now, this is not a global situation. This is a Russia Ukraine situation. And we're going to feel the impacts economically. Sure. But from a, the real threat of our markets going to zero, our assets going to zero, I mean, that, that's just not a real threat. Right. So, uh, you know, people are still looking for yield. They still want to earn money. Inflation's out of control. So you know, at the end of the day, your investable cash is being deflated by 
15% just sitting around. You know, I yeah. know they say it's 7% inflation. It's it's real, real inflation at the consumer level is probably 15% and it's going to get worse. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And then the other thing I kind of want to build on here is residential real estate. That's obviously one rental at a time. That's where we spend a lot of our time. I thought I would just run through a couple of examples and get your thoughts on. So the first one is, does this situation cause any buyers, right? Somebody who signed a contract to buy a new home. Maybe they were buying an existing home, right? They're in escrow. Do you think any of those people look at the situation and get scared or nervous and cancel contracts? No, I don't think so. The interest rates already did that last week. Yeah, so we exactly. saw a record, record decline in applications because interest yeah. rates, like, you know, well, we've been talking about that 4% number that gives real pause. And then you get to 5%, it's lights out. Yeah. And, uh, but I don't think anybody that's, especially right now, I mean, you know, they, they probably had to look at 20 houses and make offers and get rejected to get one, you know? Mm -hmm. So if somebody's in line to buy a house right now with a limited amount of inventory, they're, they're probably moving forward and aren't going to let go of that anytime soon. But mm -hmm. we've talked about rates before. And a lot of people have told me, I, I, you know, I think, you know, you and I disagree on the levels, mm -hmm. but I've been saying 4% is a real threshold for people where their yep. behavior is going to change and it's happening. Behavior is changing. Then 5% will be lights out. Right. The, the, you know, the only difference is there's so little inventory in certain areas that yeah. it's not making that big of an impact. But at, at large, we saw a 13, 14% decline in applications. And I did a little math yesterday. So just to bring this home for people. So if you're buying, you know, um, if you have $2,000 a month to spend, if that's mm -hmm. what you're qualified for because yep. that's how these mortgages are made they're made on what your what your income is mm -hmm. so let's say you can you know you've qualified for 2000 a month at 3% you can buy a $474,000 house wow <clears throat> okay at okay. 4% that goes down to 418,000 wow so you've dropped $60,000 yeah with 1% interest rate on a on a $2000 a month payment at 5% it goes down to three hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars, from four seventy-four to three seventy-two, a hundred thousand dollar drop from a two percent interest rate increase. We're going to be at two percent, probably in interest rates for mortgages, probably by summer. Yeah, you're talking about two percent raise, not two percent. So five percent. We're yeah, going to be hitting five percent interest rates by the summer. I agree. Uh, I agree, and I have always thought five percent the number. Right? We we have debated, but I think you're right. It's inventory that's making that. But yeah, 5%, because again, you still get appreciation and the double hit of interest rate, right? There, there may be homes at 460. There's just no homes available at 360. You may still want, you may still have the capacity to buy, but if there's no inventory, it doesn't matter, right? It just doesn't matter. So Right. So what happens is people can't afford it. So houses sit, sellers realize it, and they start, you know, dropping prices, inventory starts stacking up and the market shifts. And now that the pandemic hopefully is over and the world gets back to normal, a lot of these, you know, inventory dynamics will probably change. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of builders out there. And I've said this before, if you want to buy a house, hold your horses, wait till the summer, watch interest rates. If they get up to 5%, you saw what I just said, houses will drop 20 to 25% mm -hmm. by a 2% interest increase between now and then. So if you have these builders that are out there and they have a lot of inventory, and they can't get rid of it, they can take a haircut, they can dump stuff. Yeah. That's where it starts. That's that is a very good call because a lot of people don't get that. Builders need to sell, they need to get the liquidity. It's just like China and their real estate market, right? If the developers aren't selling, their cash flow statement dries up and they're it's like oxygen or blood, they just wither and die. Mom and pop existing home sellers, they have options, they could decide not to move, right? 
You don't think my house is worth 460? It's worth 360? I'll stay here. I like my house. The builders don't have that choice. They will take haircuts. They will take them faster. They will give deals. I think that's a very, very strong advice. And every builder has about a 20 to 30% margin built into a new construction house. So there's your math right there. So that's where your deals are going to come from three months, six months from now as interest rates start to get out of control from a mortgage standpoint. And uh, <clears throat> it'll take longer, like you said, to move through the retail market because people just think, yeah. you know, their property's worth whatever it is until, until it isn't. Yeah, until they have to sell. Exactly, exactly. So back to kind of the residential, because I agree with you. I don't think anybody cancels, maybe a couple people. If you, like, if you were a buyer and you were reliant on the stock, like you left your money in the stock market, like that was your down payment money and it gets whacked in half, maybe a couple people have to back out because they're just not as liquid. But I think in general, if you got a house, you're in. Because what I've seen in times like this is, is buyers, consumers, they want to almost nest. So they retreat to stuff that they own and, and the home is, is that place a la the pandemic, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. When people's savings and their, their wealth changes and if people start losing value in their houses and those things, that'll, that'll change behavior. But yeah, if somebody's planning on using their stock portfolio to uh, exit and li and liquidate and, and get into real estate. Well, you know, that time was what, December. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a little bit late. <laughs> little when you and I were talking about it, when I said the great deleveraging yeah. is beginning, now's the time to sell. And yeah. you know, I'm at Thanksgiving telling all my family that wants to buy crypto, look, this ain't the time to buy. You need to be getting out. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're trading, then you can, you know, you can trade the swings. But if you're a long-term holder, you know, take your chips off the table at the top, buy back in at the bottom. But the thing is with the markets, you know, all things considered and, you know, with the Fed doing what they're doing and, you know, the thing that hasn't been priced in is the real effects of inflation on the consumer. That hasn't yeah. been priced in and, and the effects on the economy. We don't know what that is yet. You can't really forecast it. Mm -hmm. um, so markets are only down still. Even today, they, they bounce back a little bit. They're still only down about 10. You know, NASDAQ's the worst. I don't know what it is today. 12% uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. You know, from the peak, you know, but mm -hmm. the other markets, the S&P and the Dow are only down about 10%. Yep. And, um, you know, I could look at it while we're talking just to kind of, you know, yeah. get an idea. But I don't anticipate at the end of the day with the Fed coming out, raising rates with everything that's going on geopolitically, you know, right now with with conflict everywhere. Um, I don't anticipate markets being down more than 25 percent mm. uh, as a result of everything from the peak. So mm. if you look at where we're at now, the Dow right now, as of today, the low was 12, 12.6%. It's back up a little bit. So it's down not even 12% right now. Yeah. NASDAQ's the big one. Um, well, actually, NASDAQ's bouncing a little bit too right now. But from the peak, NASDAQ currently is down 19%. Earlier, it was down by 22%. Okay. Uh, and S&P. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's not as bad as it looks, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, and you are. needed this little bit of a repricing anyways. We've been talking about it for a while. And uh you know, I've been saying it's it's all Fed driven, and yep. uh, you know, a lot of people would would push back on that and say, "Oh no, it's you know, markets <laughs> go up, and that's all they do." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. for the last 11 years, you're right." <laughs> 12 years, yeah, absolutely. it doesn't, doesn't always work that way. Yeah, exactly. Well, the last thing I want to talk about residential real estate, and I'll let you go, is well, you know, because again, there's a demand side which we just talked about, but there's also the supply side. So, do you think a situation like this causes any more people to list their homes, like? I'm scared. I need to get out. I need to list my homes. Does this going to spark any more inventory? No, no, not right now, because we don't have any meaningful, meaningful declines in, you know, most of the assets out there right now. If people's portfolios started really going down, 
then you'll see people say, well, shoot, we need to sell the house to put some money in, in savings for retirement before the housing market changed. So, you know, if you had a real serious economic situation, that could spur some people to sell. But right now, uh, this is just a knee-jerk reaction to conflict in Ukraine. I mean, that, that's what the markets are experiencing right now. We had a little bit of a you know deflation coming into the Fed, making an actual move. Again, they still haven't done anything yet. So <laughs> nothing has changed. Nothing to see here. So uh, until they actually do something, we don't really know. But most people aren't even really paying attention. You know, they get their portfolio statements, you know, once a month, once a quarter. And most of them are in stuff that really isn't going to be that affected. Mm -hmm. But once people get those statements, then you'll see, you know, there might be some people going back to work. There might be some people selling assets, you know, to bolster that retirement uh, account. You know, we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. But right now, I'm, I'm not worried about the stock markets. I think they are repricing to where they would have been in normal circumstances before March of 2020. And they were already up quite a bit from there yeah. uh, with QE and everything. But I think we're going to reprice back down to those levels. Very cool, folks. So do yourself a favor. Mr. Greg Dickerson has a playlist on this channel. And he's right. He talked about the great deleveraging months ago. And if you were paying attention, you saved a lot of money. Greg, how can people find you? Yeah, gregdickerson.com. YouTube channel podcast is all there. Go check it out. And uh, YouTube channel is just Greg Dickerson. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it.